We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. Just two of us in the room today. Jay is out in Michigan doing something, right? Right now he's on a plane. Oh, he's probably on a plane. Or or going through security. Now, when you're on a plane, if you're in the middle seat, you get both arms both armrests, right? Uh, it's I fly so infrequently, but yes, I think if if I, I were like to settle the in the middle, I'd I'd take those. I think that's the deal. Like the window seat gets the window, <laughs> the aisle seat you get to stretch your legs out into the aisle every At once in a while until the cart comes by and exactly. wraps you in the ankle. Middle seat should get both. I I always sleep on the window side. I because I sleep during during every flight, and I never get up ever. So. I usually take the uh, the Steve Martin John Candy route for my travels. I okay. find that much easier. <laughs> planes, trains, and yes, automobiles. I go out to get my rental car, and it's not there, and walk back and unload on the poor hapless clerk. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, this is actually not a uh, podcast on airplane seats or movies. It's a podcast. On it could be. Fa- yeah, we could just switch switch gears right here. Uh, we're talking DFS values this week. You're, we're. This might be a shorter episode unless we talk about random stuff all episode but we'll give you a couple quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers and tight ends uh for this week's games to uh possibly throw in your lineup at a pretty good price let's start with quarterbacks actually i didn't even ask you how you were i'm assuming sheveled and gruntled yes i think that's a safe assumption unless uh, I'm, i'm looking disheveled and or acting disgruntled and you know, usually disgruntled is followed by uh, he was such a quiet guy. We never expected anything <laughs> like this. So. Uh, then we might not have a podcast. Exactly. Right. All right. Quarterbacks. Let's start with you, John. What do you got at quarterback? Well, I'm finding that this is probably a good week to pay up at the quarterback yeah. position. But yeah. uh, I did find some value. My number seven quarterback this week is Alex Smith, who checks in with a decent price tag of 6300 the nice thing for Smith, and it's a, a long-standing tradition that quarterbacks struggle when they come to Arrowhead. I didn't realize that that included the home quarterback as well, but uh, Smith has only thrown one touchdown in each of his home games. Ooh. One and only one. But uh, every time he hits the road, he throws multiple touchdowns. You know, so they're off to Dallas this week. They are good on the road. They were last year. I, I was looking at Tyreek Hill's numbers. I think he averages 35 yards at home, and he averages 100 yards on the road, and all of his touchdowns are on the road. Well, exactly. Yeah, so it it's, uh, Smith is is struggling, and uh, the Cowboys have allowed twelve passing touchdowns in their past six games, and that even includes uh, a C.J. Beathard game where he was <laughs> shut out. So it's really twelve passing touchdowns in the last five. They're also giving up. Uh, they've given up thirty plus rushing yards to two of the last three quarterbacks they've faced, and Smith has four or more carries. Uh, in six games this year, so there's some bonus points to lift Smith's floor. So yeah. you're looking at you know a chipping in some rushing yards, a couple touchdowns, and you know Smith has alternated old game manager, caretaker Smith with MVP <laughs> level Smith, and 
by by the looks of things, this should be MVP level Smith. And what was his price again? Sixty three hundred. Oh, that's not bad. Not bad at all. And he was he was basically yeah MVP level for at least several games at the start of the season. So my guy is a little cheaper, fifty five hundred. I have Jared Goff. Uh, surprisingly, over the last or since week four, the New York Giants are the worst pass defense in the NFL. Who would have seen that coming? Uh, they're allowing nearly 330 yards a game and two and a half touchdowns per game over that stretch. And now they've suspended Janoris Jenkins, Oops. their best coverage cornerback. So it's it's suddenly gotten a lot better for Jared Goff this week. I know he's been rough recently. Last three weeks, I think he's averaging just over two, like 215 yards. He's thrown three picks and just two touchdowns. But the matchup is really, really good here, and for fifty five hundred, and one of those games wasn't it, they were up like forty four nothing. I mean, exactly. there's no reason for him to throw. Exactly, game script does come into play in something like that. But just such a good matchup this week, and and Goff has shown that he can have big games in, in situations like that. So I like Goff. I, I like Goff week. too. I think he's if if you're spending down at the position, um, this is the guy, and and he's probably a guy that was on waiver wires yeah. if you're in a season-long league this is your bye week band-aid right here is yep. is golf to plug in at the quarterback position um, you had the average stats the the stats that are sticking with me as far as the giants they've allowed 300 yard passer three of the last four yep. um, three touchdowns passes in three of the last four as yep. well so it works out to your averages but it's not just i mean they're they're giving up big games and golf could very easily i'm sure the giants game plan is we got to figure out a way to stop todd Gurley. Well, with no Janoris Jenkins, uh, you know Sammy, <laughs> Sammy Watkins runs free. Cooper Cup runs free. Um, every every other my tight end that we'll yeah. talk about later runs free. But every tight end runs free against the Giants. <laughs> yeah, so. that's true. Oh man, yeah. So it's it's an interesting game for Watkins. Can he actually step up without Janoris Jenkins? I mean, he's been he's been held in check all year. He could step up, but he'll probably hurt his foot in the process. <laughs> oh, let's move on to running back. So we can start with mine this time. Bring it. Uh, I'm going with Andre Ellington. Oh, you Adrian Peterson hater, you. <sighs> I know. No, it's uh, it's more about the fact that the uh, 49ers are dead last in receptions allowed, receiving yards allowed, and receiving touchdowns allowed to running backs. Hey, Adrian Peterson was targeted, what, like? Four times Four last times. week, yeah. right? With how, Andre Ellington out. How many did out. he knock down? <laughs> yeah, with Andre <laughs> Ellington out. Yes. Four times they said, oh, I guess we have to throw to Adrian Peterson. Ellington was completely removed from the game script a couple weeks ago and got hurt. Then he was out last week. He should be back and healthy for this game. He was averaging nine targets per game in the four games previous to Adrian Peterson showing up. Uh, I think he can be played as an extension of the running game in this one against a very terrible 49ers run defense uh, or defense versus running backs. So, I, I just think it's a great matchup for Ellington here. And at 4,200, he could probably perform as well as running backs that are a couple thousand more than he is. Yeah, I've got him at, at running back 33, and that's probably a little light. Um, but, you know, you talked about the $4,200 price tag. Um, I've got, uh, you know, on my on my sheet as I'm looking, I've got green across the board for the matchup. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, like you said, uh, rushing yards, receiving yeah. yards, total yards. Adrian Peterson's not going to get that exactly. entire chunk. There's and, no one else getting the receiving portion right. of that terrible defense. And as bad as that line is, and, and the receiver, I mean, you've got Larry Fitzgerald, but I don't know that we trust the other receivers step up. Very Ellington could easily be their number two pass catcher. 
yeah. going forward, but especially this week. So <laughs> I like uh, for that price. Hopefully, tank. yeah, Stanton could check down a lot. Who knows? Yeah. And, and Assuming he plays the whole game. He'll we, do a little dance every Stanton time he or does. Gabbard. <laughs> exactly. Oh, terrible. You're running back. Well, I'm going to go with one, but it's it's kind of a, a two-headed attack, much like they are in Baltimore. Um, the guy I'm going with is Javorius Allen. There you uh, go. Buck Allen, 4700 Collins is only a couple hundred dollars more at 4900 mm-hmm. and I've, I've become a believer. It's taken me a while. Not that I didn't like Alex Collins. I just didn't know that that offense would run as successfully as they did without Marshall Yonda, but Collins is – He's and made without a passing game. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's tough to run when you have no threat. <laughs> well, passing. and and Javoris Allen has, has kind of taken up where I think the Titans are most vulnerable. Um, the Titans uh, opposing backs have seen 24 targets over Tennessee's past two games. Titans are giving up the fourth most receiving yards per game to running backs this year, and Allen has averaged almost five catches per game since taking over Danny Woodhead's role. And Danny Woodhead. Uh, Returning after the week ten bye, I'm I'm still clinging to that uh, that hope. But uh, meantime, Javoris Allen has uh, has done quite well in full PPR formats like Fanball. Five pitch, five catches a game is almost like getting a bonus touchdown. Yep. Um, plus, he's still getting some of the carries. He has 13 or more touches in seven of the eight games, at least four Ooh. receptions in five of eight. And the Titans, you know, they can be had at throwing to running backs, and whether it's Flacco. Or Ryan Mallett, you know, uh, backup quarterbacks check down. And there's no question about it. And there's nobody in that receiver core yeah. that uh, I think is screaming for the football. So Buck Allen, a, a real nice opportunity at that price tag, especially in a full PPR format. I can't remember if Wallace is out of concussion protocol or not yet. I think he's back at practice. Okay. Yeah, I, I and Macklin's say, back at practice too. I mean, they, for... <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not as it's not as bleak as it looked. Yeah, but uh, I. If you if you told I I would have never guessed Buck Allen was at getting thirteen plus touches in seven of eight games. Yeah. That's I did not realize that. That's a lot. And I'm a lot guessing, more touches than I I'm thought. I'm guessing the the one that he wasn't was week one where uh, well week no week one he had twenty carries and he ended up with twenty carries. I'll have to I can't go back and week look one and or week two. But yeah, that's. But for all the reasons that I was bullish on Danny Woodhead, Javoris Allen has has walked into that role yep. or a. A big enough chunk of it that uh, with this matchup, um, I like uh, if if I'm spending up elsewhere for 4,700, getting a back that's going to get me that bonus touchdown just based on the receptions and then the potential for some yardage as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Let's let's. I I I do like that pick. How much was he again? 4,700. 4, oh yeah, that's right. And and uh, Alex Collins 4,900. Yeah. It. it Tennessee can be exploited much more to the pass than the run, so that's that's a, a pass catching running back. So that's a great call. Uh, your wide receiver, John. Well, I've got a bonus uh, for those that listen to this early enough to get in on the Thursday Monday slate because Marvin Jones is just so ridiculously priced at forty nine hundred. Forcing me, forcing me to get it out early. Oh, exactly. I well, I race. <laughs> you know, as soon as you hear this, and I, I guess he probably can't late swap him in because Monday night games aren't in the. Uh, in the main slate, but even though it's a Monday game, um, over his first five games, just saw brutal cornerbacks: Patrick Peterson, Xavier Rhodes, uh, I think Janoris Jenkins. I mean, all his first five Oof. matchups were elite yeah. cornerbacks. Since then, um, in the two games since he, he shook this off, twenty-five targets, two hundred twenty-four yards, and a touchdown. The past two games. So, and now he gets the Packers, who 
don't have any yeah. elite cover corners. In fact, uh, their bottom 10 pass defense receivers that are seeing double-digit targets like Jones has been getting uh, are averaging 97 yards per game against the Packers. And, oh, the last time Marvin Jones went to Green Bay, he left with 205 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so I think there's some opportunity here. This this is your reason to act now yeah. and, and go uh, get Marvin Jones into that Thursday-Monday slate. Man, you know, I had Tate as uh, just, you know, your regular weekly rankings. I think I have Tate in my top five or six this week. I'm pretty sure I've got did, him top. I'll have to check here. I, didn't I know even he's think top about how high Marvin Jones is. I, I have him ranked, obviously, but I'll have to go check. But I got that, Tate, Tate at nine and Jones at 20. Well, he's moved up since Kelvin Benjamin moved down. So uh, he's 19, and, yeah, I'm looking at the guys in front of him going, yeah, I might I might bump me that's a couple, a, even, that's a couple good, more spots. That's a good I, And I do have another one, but I'll, I'll break up the me talking and let you uh, talk about your probably oh. new favorite receiver here. And then you we'll have come a back to new God. That was just that was your Monday bonus receiver nice. right there. That's a bonus receiver. I'm going to go with Devin Funches, who everybody you knows. Devin Funches I am apologist not a fan of, but well, the, jersey, not the jersey on the back of your chair says otherwise. It, He's basically going to get a target per five hundred dollars here at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's fifty three hundred. Uh, I think oh, he's man, a safe that's... bet for ten or eleven targets. Yep, the, the math works out. Eleven targets, five hundred. Hurt my head doing that. Be math. about fifty about five hundred dollars per target. You're paying. Um, yeah, I think he's a lock for ten to eleven targets. He was averaging eight point three targets a game before Benjamin left. I I can see him gain two to three more with Benjamin gone and. I think the bigger point is that the removal of Benjamin Funches is the main red zone guy now. Like the you're taking away Benjamin's red zone uh, prowess right there with that. So it's more about opportunity, and the Panthers. I mean, excuse me, the Falcons. You know, they're not uh, they're not they're not a bad defense or a good defense. I suppose they're in the middle of the pack, but they have allowed a touchdown to an opponent's number one wide receiver six straight games. Funch is clearly the number one, and they've allowed at least 60 yards to three straight number one receivers. He's just going to get so much volume that at 5,300, he should be in a lot of lineups. Right. I, I, the, the trade you know, certainly has caused issues with as far as what his price tag would be relative to what his right. role is going to be. So exactly. this is an opportunity to capitalize on that. Exactly. I'd like to stay in that same game and go on the other side of the ball to Mohamed Sanu, who's a, a mm. bargain priced $4,600, a little more than $500 per target uh, for what he's averaging since coming back from injury. He's seen just two fewer targets than Julio. Julio's had 19 and uh, Sanu's had 17. He's caught six balls in each game, totaled up 139 yards, and scored as many touchdowns as Julio Jones. One. <laughs> One. So yeah. uh, Carolina has allowed the eighth fewest yards per game to wide receivers. But, again, look, look at who they've played. They played the Bears, who targeted wide receivers once in that game. They played the Bills <laughs> in week two when the Bills had Zay Jones. Who and the Bills have still him. thrown the fewest receptions to wide receivers exactly so it's a, it's a little bit uh, padded number um, as a bonus Sanu gets to run them or he does run the majority of his routes from the slot so he's gonna be matched up with Captain Munnerlin who he's got a five inch height advantage on Unreal. plus he's got the bet well maybe Larry Fitzgerald could could battle with him on who's got the best hands in football I'd say top three Sanu Garcon and Fitz are all in that battle so he's gonna win He's got the height advantage and the hands to win the contested uh, 
jump balls that Matt Ryan throws his way. And that's assuming that Munnerlin is actually contesting them. He's ranked 93rd uh, in <laughs> coverage corners, according to uh, like Pro Football Focus. So uh, lots of opportunities for Sanu. You know, it, everybody's back on the Julio bandwagon. Hey, he got his one touchdown. But um, there's some extreme value for Muhammad Sanu. Oh, man, that's 4,600. There are a lot of decent values. What's weird is this is a week I thought I'd want to pay up for wide receiver with Hopkins and Bryant and uh, – uh, Golden Tate and Michael Thomas all uh, – well, Golden Tate's a little, a little cheaper than I thought he'd be. But, like, those top guys have great matchups. But you're, you're really throwing out some good wide receivers to use. <laughs> well, and that's that's and, skipping over the other two that I've mentioned in the in the wide receiver values article that that just got posted. Uh, guys that still there, they're producing, and their price tag has yet to catch up to what they're actually doing because they're not necessarily big names. Yeah. And so we'll just – We'll tease the heck out of that. We won't tell you those names. You're going to have to yep. go to the website and check them out. Go to fanball.com, click on the news tab, and find that article because lots of good, there's, we, do, uh, we do articles on every position. You should check them out uh, if you are looking for more values at each position. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Uh, my guy that I'm going with, I, I love this guy. I have him in like every week. Well, and he fits the mold of the receiver that we were just talking about. He's, he's an incredibly productive player mm-hmm. whose name value isn't quite up yeah. there and so his price tag hasn't quite gotten to where it really should be based on what he produces i think that's why he didn't get drafted in, in season longs as much as he should have because he, he's just there jack doyle i i love jack doyle i love this matchup against houston and looking above them i think i have doyle ranked like fourth this week in my rankings and i think he's about i want to say the ninth or tenth priced tight end Oh, no, that's going to be tricky for me to do. But I'll, you keep talking. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if I can figure so that out. So Ertz, Ertz, Ertz and Kelsey are the guys. Doyle's at 4,500. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. At least eight guys. At least eight guys more than him. Yep. Ertz and Kelsey are both over 7,000. So you're cutting 2,500 off of those prices for a guy who could easily score just as many points this week against a Houston defense that <laughs> – a Houston defense that is allowing over seven receptions and over 78 yards per game over the last four and three touchdowns over the last four to tight ends. I mean, they're, they're, they've been playing terrible against tight ends. And Doyle, since coming back from injury, 11 targets per game, eight catches per game, 72 yards per game, two touchdowns. It's, per game? Per, that would have been that would be amazing. That'd be amazing per game uh, over the last three. That's one hell of a stretch. He is he's really clicking with Brissett right now, uh, and he's got a great matchup. And he's only forty five hundred dollars. I think that's robbery at that, that point. That is highway robbery. He'll be all, in every lineup. All he needs is a cool name. I mean, if he had a cool yeah. name like Tyler Higby, yeah. I mean, that's a cool that's a cool sounding name. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd plug him in this week. Just on the name alone, but Tyler let's, Higby. Let's all. I'm. He's going to be my value tight end at 3,700. Why Tyler Higby? Why Why go that deep? Because I have an idea. <laughs> he plays the New York Giants, who have allowed a tight end touchdown in every game this year They're and all, Week 17 last year. And we so, so, <laughs> so. It, it just it it won't stop and. They're going to be without Janoris Jenkins. Not that he's covering tight ends, but that's going to, you know, knock everything askew yep. in their secondary as well. And uh, you know, Higby, he's bottom of the barrel cheap. I give him the nod over teammate Gerald Everett, despite Everett's recent touchdown, because over the past five games, 
Higby has twice the targets, three times the catches, and four times the yardage as all other Rams tight ends combined. Yeah, and I think Everett even had a game where he just goose egg, not even a single target. Yeah, I, I like Everett as a, a developmental like dynasty too. guy, but I could easily see this. Uh, if this offense develops like the Redskins offense, which you know, would make sense given their coaching, um, Higby being – I don't know, maybe Everett the Reed and, and Higby the Davis or vice versa. And one of those guys is going to step up. And the guy, the tight end I like the most on that roster is on their injured reserve right now. It's Merrick Hemingway. Mm. I, I think he might be the, the best of the bunch. But uh, They have three tight ends. and uh, They, they know like, how to use them. And uh, Fanball allows you to start three tight ends if you want to. Well, it, if, Hemingway, if Hemingway was healthy, <laughs> I, would, I would honestly build a lineup with all three of the Rams tight ends in my lineup for a total of Hoping about $6,000. And yeah. then, yeah, fill out the rest with Deshaun Watson and right. Lamar Miller and all the studs. Gerald Everett, I like to call tight end Cordero Patterson because he has these huge, <laughs> huge plays. He scores touchdowns every once in a while. Uh, but uh, it's really inconsistent volume. I Higby, yep, he probably should score this week. That's, uh, and that's of course, the expectation. Watch Gerald Everett catch that touchdown pass in front of him, <sighs> like like the Broncos game a yeah, couple. Well, weeks that's back. I was going to say. The last time I went out on a limb for a unknown tight end against the Giants was AJ Derby, and AJ Derby had that tight. It was in his hands, and Hearman stepped in front of him and took it away. Jeff, Still angry. What are you doing, Jeff? All right. Well, we've given you we gave you two per position plus a bonus, a bonus from John Monday Tuvey. Game. Yep. So uh, we will get on out of here. I hope these help you remember to go to fanball.com, check out the lobby, fanball.com slash charge to play in the Chase Charge Challenge. You can win a ticket to play in a contest in week seventeen that you can win fifteen thousand dollars. And that Chase Charge Challenge, it's free. It's a free roll. Fanball.com backslash charge. Uh, what about the fishbowl? Fishbowl. You want to play in the fishbowl? Got to go to scottfishbowl.com and check out what it's all about. See all the analysts in the industry that play. Fanball.com backslash SFB or just go look in the lobby because that is in the lobby. It's $5. You can win a few hundred bucks and a spot in the fishbowl. But, yeah, mostly check out the contest there. Check, click the news tab to check out our articles. We have lots of uh Lots of value play articles, uh, articles where you can see a value in every game. Lots of stuff going on there, so so please do check that out. Otherwise, I think we're done here. I think I think our work is done. Yeah, we've done all we can. Help us, help you. Yep, help us, help you. <laughs> all right, for John Tuvey at J Tuvey on Twitter and myself Scott Fish at Scott Fish twenty four on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. 